Good morning. We are glad that you're here. We're, uh, if, if, you, if you have a Bible with you and, uh, and, and, and uh, can find the Old Testament, that's the first part of the Bible. If you want to go ahead and turn to the book of Isaiah, and if you need to use the table of contents for that, that's cool. Uh, that's no problem at all. If you don't have a, a Bible, don't worry that it's going to be on the screen. And uh, we're going we're gonna to do a series of messages starting today for the next three weeks following today, all based on one verse of Scripture. And it comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And I want to go ahead and read it to you now. And, and it's a, a familiar verse that you'll hear this time of year. If you, if you visit a church or if you listen to a pastor on the radio during this time of the year, you will hear this verse. And uh, this is what it says, Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We're going to talk for the next four weeks about these names for God listed in Isaiah chapter 9. Now, when, when I hear that verse, I immediately think of Christmas because I've hung around church almost all of my life. And, 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 it, and during that time, you hear this verse, like I said, you hear this verse during this time of year. And so when you hear, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, you're like, yeah, yeah, they're talking about the baby that was born in the manger. And so you would think that, that when you hear that verse, if you didn't know anything about the Bible, you would think, well, that verse would be maybe written right about the time, you know, it's written when, about the story of Jesus and all that stuff. And you would think if, if you did know a little bit about the Bible that, well, that would be in the New Testament because that's where it talks about Jesus. But the cool thing about this verse and, and, and all of, of the book of Isaiah is that Isaiah lived and wrote this 700 years before Jesus was born. That 700 years before Jesus showed up in Bethlehem, in a manger, on this earth, that there was already a man who lived all those years before who was saying, this is how it's going to happen. A baby's going to be born. He, and, and if you look in, in chapter 7 and chapter 8 of Isaiah, he even talks in there about he's going to be born to a virgin. And so 700 years before the coming of Jesus, there were already people who were saying, keep your eyes open because he's coming. And God had this in the plans from the day the earth was created. That's one of the things that we need to understand. I think sometimes we, we think that, that God made the earth and then it's like, oh, everything got messed up. What am I going to do? Oh, I'll kill my son. This was the plan from the beginning. God knew that, that, that he would take the earth, um, human form and come down to earth and sacrifice himself for us. And so 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah was already talking about. There's other names if you read the Old Testament. Guys like Joel and Micah and all these different names that you see back there. They were all doing the same thing. They were pointing the way to Jesus. And so when we, when we think about what we celebrate right now, yes, it happened one day in Bethlehem. And by the way, I don't want to completely just blow your mind today, but Chances are it was not December 25th, but that's okay. That, we celebrate it then, and, and I really believe God's okay with that. Um, but, but it happened one day in Bethlehem, but that it was, the, it was the culmination of a long story that God had been writing for all these years. 
is that it was leading to that moment. And when, when, when Isaiah wrote this in Isaiah chapter 9, you need to understand that, that he lived in a place called Israel, and at that time, Israel was very, very far from God. They were in a very dark place spiritually. If you look at Isaiah chapter 8, 19 and 20, just one chapter before Isaiah 9, it says this, When men tell you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. This was a very dark time. People were turning away from God. Even though these people had been raised with the stories of how, of how God had delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, and they had been raised with the stories of, of Joseph, they had been raised with the stories of Jacob, and all of these things they had been taught that, they were choosing now to turn their back on God, to turn their back on their the way they were brought up, turn their back on their tradition, and turning to mediums and spiritists and trying to contact the dead and doing all this stuff that is very, very far from what God wanted for them. And so this was this dark time, and so Isaiah comes and he says, it's dark now, but a light is coming. And he was talking about Jesus. Look in verse, uh, in chapter 9 again, not verse 6 this time, but verse 2. He said it also like this, the people walking in darkness, talking about what was going on at that time, have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And then he goes on in verse 6 to give the specific description that we talked about. He said, this light is going to be a child, and this child will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Today, I want us to talk about the fact that Jesus came and that he is, he was then, he is now our Wonderful Counselor. He is our Wonderful Counselor. Now, all of you at some point in your life have been to counseling. And you're like, Cliff, I have not been to counseling. I got my stuff together. Um, you've been to counseling at some point or another. Your parents tried to counsel you when you were a kid. Your teachers tried to counsel you. You have been counseled by friends. You have been counseled by maybe even a stranger from time to time, depending on how open you are when you go the places that you go. And so all of us have been counseled. Chances are many of you have served as a counselor to somebody else. You see, counseling is, counseling is all about just helping you manage day-to-day -day life. And many of you would say, yeah, I've been to professional counselors, and I'm great with that. And so we all need counseling. We all need to figure out how to manage day-to-day -day life. I need it big time. I can remember when I was a kid, specifically I can remember when I was in the fourth grade because me in school just did not get along real well um, when I was younger. I enjoyed it better when I got to college and, and went to seminary. I, I enjoyed it then, but when I was young, I just, you know, school was the last place I wanted to be, and school work was the last thing I wanted to be doing, and a school teacher was the last person I wanted to talk to, and I just, I didn't do, I didn't like school at all. And I can remember being in the fourth grade at Seven Oaks Elementary, and, and sitting there, and the, where my classroom was then, I could see out the front of the school, and I could see 
the road out there and I could see all the cars going back and forth all day long. And I remember sitting there and thinking, I cannot wait till I'm old enough to not be in school anymore. And then I can just go ride around all day and do whatever I want. That's what I really thought it was all about. You know, you know, there's no, when you get to be an adult, there's no worries, there's no problems. You just, somebody magically gives you a car and you just drive around in it all day and ride past schools and go, ha ha suckers, y'all are still in school, but I'm not. That's what I thought. And what I did not realize then as a, as a nine-year-old in the fourth grade is that the older you get, the more you have to deal with. The, 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 the bigger life's problems become. And so, so the older I get, now I'm, I'm 43 years old, and, and when I was nine, if you'd have told me, hey, when you're 43, you're going to have some big issues that you're trying to deal with, I'd have said, what could it be? I won't have to be doing math homework anymore. How hard could life be for a 43-year-old? But see, when you become, the older you get, you realize that, that, you, that you need help managing <clears throat> day-to-day life. And I'm not talking about just trying to figure out what the best apps are to load on your iPad or getting a leaky faucet fixed or any of that kind of stuff. That stuff's out there too. But I'm, I'm talking about we deal with, with the big questions of life like, where do I fit into God's plan? And what is it that you want me to do? And how am I going to pay for, for the, 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 the stuff that my family needs? And how can I be a better a dad and a better husband and, and, and a better life group leader and a better pastor and, and a better friend? And, and you just start thinking through all this stuff. And pretty soon, if you're, if you're not careful, it can overwhelm you. Because day-to-day life stacks up. And it gets more and more and more. And so all of us need a counselor. We need to be counseled. And this time of the year when we, when we talk about Christmas, we think about the birth and we think about the stable and the angels and all of that good stuff, but it's not very far after that that we immediately shift from the birth to the death of Jesus. We go from, because, and, and, I, and I'll, I'll teach it up here, and we'll talk about it later this month on, on the 23rd when we, when we celebrate Lord's Supper together. We talk about the fact that Jesus was born, and he came here to die on a cross for us. And, and we immediately go from the birth of Jesus, and we go directly to the cross and the resurrection, because that is the event that changed the world. That is the event that changed history forever, was the cross and the resurrection. And so we think about the birth, and we immediately go there, but... But we can never forget that in between the birth and the cross, Jesus lived a life. And while he was living that life, he was an example for us. He, he not only was an example with the things that he did, but he was a teacher and he taught us and he talked about how to live. See, the thing that I want us to understand about Jesus being our counselor is this, that Jesus came to die for us, but he also came to show us how to live. Jesus came to die for us, but he also came to show us how to live. And as human beings, that's something that we want. We want someone to show us how to live, even if we're not aware of it. Uh, Not too, uh, it's been a couple years ago, I guess, when there was, uh, you know, I guess maybe the high point of television, in the history of television, a show called The Jersey Shore came out that just was so amazing. I mean, it was just the high point of intelligent television. Um, you know, it, the people at ETV, you know, public, you know, they looked at that and said, man, we've got we to up our game 
to keep up with the Jersey Shore. It's just so academic and intelligent. And uh, have y'all ever heard of the Jersey Shore? Do you understand why I'm, you know, saying that? And so, but here's the funny thing. I read, I'll never forget when that was on. I read an article on the internet, so you know it's true. And it said this, that when the Jersey Shore got to be super duper popular, that tanning salons in the country saw an increase in their business. Because people would watch the Jersey Shore and they would say, you know what? I want my skin to look unnaturally orange like, the, like Snooky's does. And so people, st- and, and people who had, I guess, had never done it before or maybe people who already did it, they upped, you know, they're up their, their number of trips or whatever. But tanning salons saw an increase in business when the Jersey Shore was on. Now, why is that? Because people saw that and they got the idea, I want to be like that. I want to look like the situation looks or snooky looks. That's, that's what I want to do. People, we live in a world where we naturally look to others and we get ideas for how to live our life. We, we want someone to help us make decisions. We want to be influenced whether we, whether we realize it or not. And so as we try to manage through our life, as we try to, to work through the day-to-day, we need to remember and always have close in our mind that Jesus came to show us how to live, that He is our counselor, that He can be the one that will help us really understand how we should make decisions, how, how we should deal with our relationships, how we should deal with problems, how we should deal with our shortcomings and our failures and our successes. See, the, Jesus taught so much when He was on earth, and he, he, he explained so many different things. But as I was thinking about this, this message today, and I was thinking about what is it? what was the big message that Jesus taught us as a counselor, you know, him telling us how to deal with life, what would be the overall thing? And I thought of a, a, a passage of Scripture. Actually, I, thought, I knew that it was in the Bible more than once, and so I, I found that it was in there three different times when Jesus was teaching. And this is what I want to do. I want to get um, three folks to volunteer. Now, before you're like, ooh, ooh, me, me, this is what I want. You need to have a Bible with you or a Bible app or, you know, something where you can read the Scripture with you today. You need to um, be able to read, and you need to be willing to read into a microphone in front of all these people, all right? So I need three of you to volunteer. If nobody volunteers, I'll start selecting people, so no need to be afraid. Uh, who, I, let me have like a, a, and not just all men or women either, so who wants to be the first one? Just, you're all three going to come up at once. You're not all by yourself. All right, Jonathan, come on up. Jonathan King, North Greenville student. We're all proud of him, all right? I'm, Jonathan's not reading all three. I'm about to start selecting people. It's about to be the draft. All right, uh, who's pointing to somebody? If you point to somebody else, I'll select you, so be ready. All right, Paul, I'll, now let's get a woman, female. You know who you are. You put on makeup this morning. All right, Andrea, come on in. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell these folks what I want them to read. Jonathan, if you'll read Matthew 22, 37 through 40, when I call on you. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Paul, if you'll read Mark 12, 30 through 31. And Andrea, if you'll read Luke 10, 27. You're going to go last, okay? Jonathan, you ready? Okay, Jonathan's going to read Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Now, this is the teaching of Jesus. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Okay, read, read verse 40 one more time before you leave. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Okay, Paul, if you'll read Mark 12, 30 through 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. All right. There's no commandment greater than these. And then, Andrea, if you'll read Luke ten twenty seven. He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Now, who is saying that? Is that Jesus that said that in Luke ten twenty seven? No, because it's not written in red. Okay. <laughs> now, so this, now, the, the Matthew, what Jonathan read from Matthew and what Paul read from Mark, Jesus said that. What this was in Luke was that Jesus, somebody came to Jesus and they said, what must I do? And Jesus said, you tell me, you know the law and the prophets. And this guy who was a, a, a Jewish guy, he answered this. Now, what did Jesus say in Luke ten twenty eight? After the guy said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, what did he say in Luke ten twenty eight? You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. You have answered correctly. All right, thank y'all. Give these folks a hand right here. Good job. So Jesus came to die for us, but he also came to show us how to live. And the overriding thing that we see, and we see it in three out of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we call those four books the Gospels. And in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we see this same teaching that Jesus said, you can take all of what Jonathan read in Matthew, it said you can take all the law and the prophets and you can boil it down to this. Love your Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then in Mark, what Paul read, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he followed it up by saying, there's no greater commandment than these. And then what Andrea read, where somebody else answered the question and Jesus said, you are correct, do this and you will live. Jesus, when he talked about what should we do to manage everyday life, what should we do when we have these big questions in life, what should we do when we have to deal with, with the issues that come up every day as an adult, as a teenager, trying to live in 2012, he said this is the answer. Love God first and love others. Very simple. In fact, a couple years ago, a few years ago now, we did a sermon series on those verses and we called the sermon series Simple. You see, we try to make things so complicated. I think sometimes we try to show how smart we are and how much knowledge we have and we have to say, well, you've got to really understand this little fine point of theology and you've got to really bear down in revelation and understand what the Antichrist is all about and you've got to do... And all that stuff is good and we should study that. But Jesus said, let me make it simple for you. It's about loving God and it's about loving people. And I love that Jesus as a counselor tried to make things simple for us. See, having the ability to make something simple for somebody else, is, it's, it's really a gift. And if you've ever been to a counselor, you know that a good counselor, what a good counselor is going to do, a good counselor, he or she is going to listen to all your stuff 
And then as they listen to all your stuff, they're going to start helping you push this other stuff to the side and get down to what's really important. Because we have so many things cluttering our mind, and a good counselor will say, okay, all of that stuff is fine, but here's what's most important. Here's what you need to be focusing on. And that's what Jesus did for us. He said, the most important things that you can focus on is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And then secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. And the great thing was that as we read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament, Jesus not only taught that, but he lived it out. He demonstrated it every day. When you read in those those Gospels, and you see where it talks about that Jesus rose early in the morning and would pray. That was about loving God. When it talked about that He had compassion on people that came to Him and He healed them of their sicknesses, that was about loving others. When it tells a story about that people wanted to bring their children to see Jesus, and Jesus' disciples were saying, no, He's much too busy, He's much too important to sit and talk with children. And Jesus said, bring the kids to me, I want to hang out with the kids. That was about loving others. When Jesus walked into church one day and he saw that there were people in church that were using the church to make money for themselves and he got so irate that he started flipping over tables and kicking people out of church, that was about loving God. And when he came to earth in the form of a baby, the God who created everything made himself so vulnerable that he was a baby. And came and he wasn't born in in the the nicest hospital that you could find or in, in a palace, but he was born in a barn, surrounded by animals. That was about love for others. And Jesus said, I want you to concentrate on loving God and loving others, and I'm going to show you how to do it. And he lived it out every day. Jesus came to die for us. But Jesus also came to show you how to live. He came to show you how to live. I want to ask you a question before we leave today. And the first, first one I want to ask you is, what in your day-to-day life is just getting the best of you right now? Because if, if you're like most of us, There's something right now that's keeping you up at night. There's something right now that you watch football or the Big Bang Theory or the Food Network or HGTV and you watch that a lot to try to keep this thought from coming into your mind because there's something that is getting the best of you right now. I want you to take whatever that is, and it could be many different things for for different ones of us, And I want you to take that and I want you to understand today that Jesus wants to help you deal with that. That Jesus came so that you can live in heaven one day, but he also knew that you were going to live on this earth for a while before that. And he wants to help you deal with that issue, whatever it is that you're dealing with right now while you're on this earth. You can take that to him. You can talk to him about it. You can read Scripture, and, it, and you can, before you read Scripture, you can say, pray and say, God, you know this is on my mind. I, I almost can't even concentrate on the Word today. And He's going to allow you some peace to read the Scripture. And He'll probably even show you an answer as you read the Word. He wants to help you manage day-to-day life in 2012. And whatever it is that's, that you're dealing with, 
it has not taken him by surprise. There's nothing that's going on in your life that Jesus woke up one day and said, well, daggum, I didn't see that coming. He knows. And he knows the next thing that you're going to deal with and the thing after that. Take your stuff, your problems, your issues, your addictions, your shortcomings, take that to him. Because he wants to help you deal with it. And then the the last thing that I want to ask is, do you even know how to go to him? You see, if, if you've never began a relationship with Jesus, you've got to accept him first. Those of you that have been to see a professional counselor know that it works best when you go into the room ready to get help. That's the only way it works. And if you want Jesus to help you with your stuff, if you want Him to help you manage day-to-day life, you need to go to Him and you need to say, I'm ready to give my life to you. I can't do it by myself anymore. And the Scripture says that, that if you confess your sins, that if you tell God the stuff you've done wrong and you're honest about it, the Scripture says that God is faithful to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, to clean you up. He's done that for me. Now, I have to confess my sins every day because He cleans me up and then sometimes I jump right back in the mud again like an aggravating kid. But He will forgive you of your sins if you ask Him, if you trust in the cross. I'm going to say a prayer for us. And as I pray... I want you just to think about whatever it is that you're dealing with and just give it to, give it to Jesus. I mean, I don't want to sound trite, you know, like some preacher. Hey, give it to God. It's no big deal. I know it's a big deal. But I also know that he's a big God and he can help you deal with it. And it's not about just giving it to him and walking out of here and never dealing with it again. It's about giving it to him today, giving it to him again tomorrow, giving it to him on Tuesday and Wednesday and every day continuing to give it to him. Let him be your counselor. Let him show you how to deal with life in 2012. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you care about what goes on uh, in our lives. Thank you that you care about our jobs and our schools and our families and our homes. Thank you that we don't have to go through life on our own. As we celebrate your birth this month, we think about the manger and Bethlehem and the star. Help us to remember that that your birth led to the cross, but it also led to a life. Help us to treasure your words that you taught us in Scripture. Help us to live like you lived, for you to be our example, and us to live, do the things you did, say the things you said as we go to school tomorrow, as we go to work, as we go to our homes. We love you so much. Thank you for giving us something to celebrate this year. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.